This is Elected Women Across America, a podcast brought to you by the National Foundation for Women Legislators. I'm Brenna Kihu Scully. We're bringing you stories from the elected women that shape our organization on issues that shape them and the districts they serve. In this episode, we're looking ahead to our annual conference and highlighting one of NFWL's strategic initiatives for elected women, the Leadership Academy. First, let's talk with Jody Thomas. Jody has been with NFWL for over 10 years and is an incredible leader who leads with her heart. It is with her spirit that makes NFWL events unique, and anyone who has met her will agree. A fundraiser at heart, she is the wheel that keeps the organization moving forward and works to create opportunities for elected women to shine. All right. Hi, I'm here with Jody Thomas, the executive director of NFWL. Hi, Jody. Hi, Brenna. How are you? So I wanted to talk to you today about the NFWL conference and why we do what we do and why it matters. What what makes you feel something about bringing people together and convening? Why why is it important? Brenna, it's very important, especially in today's environment, that we provide a safe space for elected women to come together, regardless of which party they're in. Um, we discuss issues that are of interest to everyone, to every legislator. We don't put an R or a D on anybody's name tag. So um, these elected women can feel free to uh, voice their opinions, to talk about really important issues of the day that affect everybody regardless of party. Yeah, I agree. I think bringing together, it's just critical to bridging gaps across the political spectrum. And um, I know it's why I believe in what we do and why we put so much effort (laughs) in trying to Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, Brenna, maybe I'm biased, but I really believe that women are better at, um, at being bipartisan, at working together to accomplish a common goal. And everyone's constituents have specific problems, but the vast majority of their constituents have the same issues. And it's wonderful to be able to convene these women together and watch them work together and discuss issues because they're all concerned with helping their constituents. That's the bottom line. Right. There's that. I see that common thread across every elected woman we've ever worked with. You know, that's why they're, that's Mm -hmm. what they're there for is to help people. What I think NFWL is unique at, and I think you probably agree, is that we, we create those little memorable moments. And why do you think, you know, it's important to incorporate fun? You know, we have serious policy discussions. We have, we have the serious goal of bipartisanship and kind of transcending, you know, all the, the strife in political culture. Mm-hmm. But I think the way we do that is with is with fun. So I don't know if you agree or what your thoughts are on that. I, and how we I can- do agree. I do agree. You know, you you can't work twenty four seven, and I know a lot of these women do. They mm-hmm. they just do because they're that concerned with their constituents and with helping them. And so we provide some fun things. Everybody can blow off a little steam. Everybody can laugh together. For example, our karaoke night is so <laughs> I fun I know. because we just, we just, um, we're just a bunch of women having a good time when we do that. And then the next morning we get serious again mm-hmm. about discussing the issues, but you just cannot as a human being pour that kind of intensity that these women have 
24-7. So we're happy to sometimes provide just a little bit of comic relief. Yeah, right. I know. I, I love that. The like in Memphis, the uh, when we were in Memphis, we had the the duck march. Oh and the ducks at the Peabody Hotel, and we oh. had you know it just. I've never laughed so hard in my life as when those ducks came out of that elevator across the and dark. Senator Sheely was trying to keep up with them. It was hysterical. It was great. I I agree, and I think another great thing about NFWL you know, we traveled all different places for our conferences. So, you know, you get to see parts of the country, maybe you haven't had the chance like Memphis or, you know, we're going to Orlando this year. Where have you traveled in the past for NFWL and and how has that shaped the conference? Or, um, you know, what do you, what are your thoughts on just visiting all these places? <laughs> well, Brenna, we always get a lot of women from that particular state when we're having it. So, you know, we'll have a lot of women this year from Florida, but uh, one of our best conferences was in Minnesota in November. And we never even had to get outside the building, but one time because they have those, I call them habit trails that you can stay in. Oh yeah, I remember And we just had the greatest time there. Remember that's when we had our session on, personal development and we learned to break boards with our hands. Oh yeah. That, that was, was fun. That, that was, was such a good moment. Uh-huh. That was like the little such karate a great chops, but it, it was, it was impressive. It was. I was surprised that yeah. even I could break a board. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And we're excited next year because we're going to be in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. We've never been to Atlanta. So we're very excited about that. Yeah. I think that's great. Do you have any other favorite conference moments in your how many years have you been with NFWL now? I, I've been here 10. Yeah. I started in 2013. So Whoa, this is Jody. my 10th anniversary. I know. Oh I was hey, just congratulations. That's a awesome. baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, have you seen friendships develop over the years from elected women? You know, I know I've seen it on our board. You know, there's just such a camaraderie and it truly is people from very different places with very different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And here we are all just enjoying dinner and laughing and swapping uh-huh. stories. And everyone's got someone crazy in their town. I know. I know. And I know other people probably get bored with us going, oh, do you remember that time that we did such and such or so and so? And and I love that. I yeah. love that. Um, I love seeing Councilwoman Asifa Dawson. Yes. come from Washington every year. She is such a delightful person. Yeah. And it's almost like we couldn't have a conference if she didn't come. Yeah. And there's so <laughs> many, I feel like there's so many people like that who I think just shaped the culture mm-hmm. and this kind of welcoming and, inv- and um, mm-hmm. environment that we really foster. And you know, Senator, Senator Gail Harrell of Florida mm-hmm. is a former chair mm-hmm. and uh, she was part of the team who hired me. Oh, yeah. She was the very first person who talked to me about it. And she was a state representative then, and now she's a senator. So we'll hear from her when we're in Orlando next month. You know, we've got retired Lieutenant General Patty Horaho is Mm -hmm. our keynote speaker for our installation dinner. And she is absolutely so amazing. I mean, Mm -hmm. I just can't wait for that. Me too. And uh, of course, we get to do karaoke night. Course, it wouldn't be at City a, Walk at a conference without it. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. So, yeah. well, that's great. You know, I think we'll 
wrap it up for today and um, look forward to seeing everyone in Orlando at our conference. Hope everyone joins us. And Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> November 16th to the 18th in Orlando. Don't miss it because it's going to be a fabulous event. Renee Dabbs leads all NFWL projects related to strategy and the best approach to achieving the organization's goals. She works at the highest level to ensure that all organizations like NFWL drive results and has spent her career providing clients to strategic, operational, and leadership expertise. She brings order to chaos, and we're lucky to have her as part of our team. Hello, hello. Hi, Renee. Thank you so much for joining our podcast today. Hey, Brenna, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited about this entire initiative moving into podcasts, but super excited about the topic of leadership today. Me too. You know, we've had so many great conversations with elected women, but you do so much for our elected women throughout the year at our conferences. And I really wanted to take some time to bring some focus to the Leadership Academy. Tell us more about what it is, why it's important, and why NFWL is really investing in it and making it a priority for us moving into 2024 and and beyond. I've been working with NFWL since 2013. And when Jody and I first partnered together, her as the executive director and me working on strategic initiatives, we spent a lot of time trying to figure out what would differentiate us from every other organization. And as we did our research, we talked you know, to other people who had been in those organizations. We talked to our elected women who had the opportunity to go to things. And you know, we really circled around that we had excellent policy, but one of the things that they liked was what they not only learned, but how they networked, but they had the opportunity to develop their leadership skills. A lot of times when you're put into positions of a higher level, whether it's a corporation, an elected official, an association, suddenly you're taken out of what would be considered uh, development opportunities. And mm-hmm. we try to formalize that a little more so our women have an opportunity to determine what it is that they would like to develop on and then give them that opportunity to do it here. We also think there are a lot of women in the organization that have some skills that if we formalized it would give women opportunity to learn from each other. I have this saying, it's called turn, pull, shove, catch. It starts with, we as women need to be looking around and really identifying other women in our our space and understanding what their needs are. And then a lot of times we need to pull them in to ensure that they're getting the resources they need and the opportunity to grow and develop. Then there's this whole thing around shoving. And I like to say, sometimes it's just time for women to do more than we thought we could do and put them in a place of opportunity. And then the most important piece though, that I added later in my career is you can be as brave as you want to be and try out all these new leadership skills, but it is really really important to have a place that you can then be caught again. Because when you know that you can go somewhere, try something, and maybe not do it exactly like you wanted it, but you can come back to NFWL and learn more and get the skills to go out and try it again, taking a risk doesn't seem like such a big risk. I love that. I love that answer. And I think one of my favorite things is describing what I do to people really outside of the state policy world and who just don't have a concept. And their first thought when they hear, oh, you work with elected women, you help get women elected. And I have to sort of step back and say, no, it's it's a little more niche than that. You know, we work with already elected women to get them to rise within their legislature, in the ranks, into leadership, mm-hmm. because even though women now are, are, are rising, we're now, what, 32 
plus percentage of the entire state legislature and locally elected, we are at much lower rates. I think 17, less than 20% at, um, you know, committee chairships and, and the highest levels, you know, speakers of the house and and of all that. So I think that's where this type of leadership training is so important and professional development is just so critical that NFWL can provide and do so on a scholarship basis and be able to get to so many women who might not have this opportunity. And so I've been so glad that you are part of NFWL. I can't believe for 10 years now, that must feel crazy. (laughs) Time flies, right? (laughs) It really does. And it really has. But you know, keep beating the drum of it's really important. Professional development is important. And harnessing women's leadership skills is what's going to get us higher and higher and higher. And I think we can see it with so many women we've worked with over those 10 years. You know, just watching them now, I think so many of our board members are in leadership positions in their in their states, which is amazing. And, you know, of course, they've done that on their own. But I, I'd like to think we, we play a small part in that in a way. When I first started with NFWL, the women were at like 22%. Yeah. So, you know, there's this whole concept of we're just going to continue to be a larger percentage of the elected body. And what you mentioned a minute ago is now the next, you know, marble ceiling is to be able to take on leadership positions. Leadership doesn't happen by accident. You know, they're always like, you're either born a leader or you're not. Really, these women took the first step of leadership by having the chutzpah to mm-hmm. go ahead and run for office and be yep. fearless. So the question is, how do you catch that lightning, right? How do you take mm-hmm. that what was already there and get them to continue to invest in themselves? So one mm-hmm. of the biggest opportunities is the willingness to invest in yourself. And so what we do is we create the environment that if we can get them there, then they will have the opportunity to invest themselves and then take these skills back. So Mm -hmm. before I get into Clifton Strengths, I I just want to quickly mention Leadership Academy and why we are starting with Clifton Strengths. So when you have this opportunity to get women together physically two or three times a year, we've been doing a training for the past 10 years. And, you know, Brenna, you've sat in most of the membership meetings and you kind of joke around that some of the trainings, like I did the wellness last time and it was like this whole Zen thing. And I, yeah. you know, you could just really see what resonates with these women. And I'm, I'm I know mm-hmm. you can't see me smiling, but I'm smiling really hard because in my mind to see those women in that room, begin to see them physically change, relax, to honor and understand better what their needs are and then feel comfortable within NFWL to be vulnerable to learn more. It really is magic. Then suddenly you start thinking, well, you know, we want to get to these women more than three times a year. And that's where COVID came in because suddenly we created an infrastructure of interacting with our women that was a hundred percent virtual. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people say when you leave COVID, what did you get out of it? For us, it was a huge huge understanding of how to turn virtual interaction as a competency. So when we figured out that we could help develop women's leadership on a, in a virtual way, that's when the Leadership Academy really came to life. Because what we figured out was that we could, con- you could work with these women that came to our conference and our summits or our second summit, but we could get to so many more if we created curriculum that would be virtual. We announced a year ago, and I have to kind of laugh, one of our board members, Senator Donna Kim in Hawaii, uh, when we presented to the board about a year ago what we were going to do here. And then we came and we rolled it out one year later. And Senator Kim's amazing, but she's a tough cookie. And she came up and she was like, you did it. You said you were going to do it. And now you're doing it. 
it is so exciting to think that we're mm-hmm. going to launch at the annual conference 2023, what will be a structured leadership academy where our women will be able to sign up for leadership development, both virtual and in person. And we are super, super proud of this. And we think it's a differentiator. I think so. I I know you've done so much of the curriculum development, you and Ayushi on our team, just really incredible work leading this. And it's, it's, it's exciting. I think it's just something a little bit different. I think we, we've been again, sort of beating the drum of professional development and talking about leadership development for so long. And this is giving us, I think, really concrete steps for something really meaningful for elected yeah. women to use. Tell us more about Gallup strengths, uh, Clifton strengths in specifically. What are they and why do they have they really resonated with us as a staff, I think as an organization, our board, and you know, every time I've, I've seen it uh, happen. I think it, it just seems like magic when people really have an understanding of their strengths. We started it as a staff. And this mm-hmm. was, uh, was a really interesting exercise because it was there were different people, you know, than our current staff is. And we were mm-hmm. having some real barriers to success. When we did the Clifton Strengths Assessment as a team, we found and realized that we had some significant differences in our strengths. And as a result of that, barriers to success. Once we identified those strengths, we then realized that if we honored them and, you know, utilized them, as I like to call the superpowers of each of us, suddenly the team was exponentially, you know, performing at a higher level. I like to refer to Clifton Strengths. I probably have done between 1,700 and 2,000 assessments over the past 10 years. Wow where I've had the opportunity and my my background and my skill set is really around high performing work teams and the ideal being if everyone understands themselves and then shares it with other people they elevate their ability to work together and be stronger and you could say well these women don't really work together but they do and one of the things we're trying to do is create this network of women who can again turn pull shove catch and so because of my background in Clifton Strengths, and then my partners Angie Hallamanderas, who is a Clifton Strengths certified facilitator, we said, you know, what would it take to put together something that we could roll out in 2024? And we are really excited to announce that we will have 13 modules, one hour modules that we're going to launch at our annual meeting and be able to have women sign up. And it's going to be around the overall understanding Clifton Strengths, working within the Clifton Strengths um, assessment tool taking each of those hours and digging deeper. So for example, there's a whole thing around uh, learning more about yourself and understanding what is your strengths and that you love. But also on the flip side, there are things about your strengths that frustrate you too. So for me, my number one and two is command activator, but my third is significance. I love my commands. I love my command. It really kicks things in, particularly with activator. But when you get down to significance for me, if I'm not careful, people will think I'm doing it about myself for myself. And that's where I learned about how I need to be because then my fourth is communication. So that is like, I mean, well, I jokingly say consulting 101, but I have to be really cognizant (laughs) that that can really frustrate people. So for me, 
that is where we're going to help people better understand what they love and frustrate. We have other um, modules that will be around domains. And what the domain is, is all of your strengths fit into four domains, executing, relationship, strategic, and influencing. It is the domains. I always call it the cheat sheet of Clifton strengths because if you can't remember someone's strengths, you can sure remember their domains. But it's the domains <laughs> that really, really impact the dynamic of the work environment you're in. And if you can kind of mm-hmm. get an understanding if someone leads with executing and relationship, but you leave with strategy and influence, if you have to really work at making it a better environment for both of you. But what I really love to say about Clifton Strengths is it gives you a safe language to begin to have conversations about how you can work together and it can be done in a fun way. And I've even had state representatives and senators say, would you come to my state and work with my leadership team? We've not been able to get that done yet, but I will tell you, I believe that if we rolled out these modules to state legislatures across the country or you know, municipal or county, that we would see a significant impact. And I would say it would impact civil discourse. And that's one of the things that, you know, that to me is like uh, collateral for this. And so we're really excited about the whole thing. We're really excited. We're going to be seeing Leadership Academy unveiled at our annual conference in November in just a few short weeks, but I've, I've learned so much from my own strengths and really just harnessing this language to speak about things you already maybe know about yourself, but haven't really given words to. And so I think that's what uh, I love, what I love about the strengths. I hope as women listen to this, our elected women listen to this as they, you know, they don't walk, as they say, run as quickly as possible to sign up because I promise this is going to be transformational and I can't wait to hear uh, that experience from you. So with that, thanks for having me. We are so excited to be headed to Orlando in just a few short weeks. We have AI headsets courtesy of Meta ready to be tested. We have workforce panels, healthcare policy deep dives, and a bevy of elected women who will take to the podium to share their passions. We're down to the wire, but there's still time to join. At NFWL, we always have room for more. So take the leap and join us. This has been Elected Women Across America. Thanks for listening. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll continue to bring you more stories from the women who serve.